when athletes or people in general, maybe when we run into a wall or an obstacle, we double down physically. We go, I'm going to work harder, yeah. right? Well, it gets to a point where you can't do too much else, right? Right. You, and that's what happened to me as a pro. Like I'm already one of the fittest guys on the team. Well, I'm not starting this year. Okay. I'm going to double down physically or I'm going to look to cut corners in other ways, which leads to unhealthy habits and issues. That, my friends, is Wells Thompson describing the mentality that many athletes have and carry with them, and often the unhealthy lifestyles that it often leads to. Hello, everyone. This is Rev Brad. You're listening to the From the Touchline podcast, a feature of Soccer Chaplains United. Today, part two of three with former Major League Soccer pro player Wells Thompson. Wells shares a deeply vulnerable piece as he recently went on a personal retreat, and he's been doing some internal work around life and his identity away from the beautiful game. We close part two as Wells recalls joining the team at Wake Forest University as a walk-on and getting drafted fifth overall in the MLS draft. Don't go anywhere. We go deep with Wells right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have... He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Where did those things come from, though? Like, let, let's go, let's, let's talk you being young and growing up um that element of being fear a fierce competitor is this coming from sibling sibling rivalry i, I mean where is this coming from yeah so can, can i read something to you this is oh this, this is breaking yeah. i went on a retreat two weeks ago and it was a, a four-day non-tech retreat connecting with god and soccer is a big part of my story so i just man i wrote about soccer okay and i want to read i want to read to you what i wrote it's unfinished, but I think it'll give you some insights into, into my journey with soccer. You just let me. Oh, here it is. I found it. Okay, you ready? Go. Go for it. Uh, since four years old, I've had a ball. Uh, I have a couple. I say, damn, is that okay? Any... <laughs> well, we might bleep you, but yeah. I'll say, do you want me to say darn? Darn. Okay. That's great. Uh, okay. Since four years old, I've had a ball at my feet, and I was good. God had blessed me tremendously, not only with an athletic ability, but with the heart and will to compete, to battle, to fight. It served me well my entire life. I quickly started making a name for myself. My parents recognized it. Other parents recognized it. My friends recognized it. This is who I am. This is what I was created to do, play soccer and compete. I loved it and I lived for it. I was Wells Thompson, the athlete at first. Then I became, for some 20 years, Wells Thompson, the soccer player. The applause of teammates, their parents, my coaches, and total strangers was intoxicating. I didn't recognize this for many, many years, and truly am just starting to grasp the effects of this. It didn't matter what I said. I was darn good at soccer, and that's what people cared about. It didn't matter what I stood for or believed. I was darn good at soccer, and that's what people cared about. It didn't matter how mean or nasty I was on the pitch. I thought you'd smile on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I score goals and I kick people's arses, and that's what people cared about. It didn't matter what my grades were, 
I was darn good at sports and that's what people cared about. My identity, I believe, was being shaped from ever since I can remember to Wells Thompson, the soccer player. Meet my friend, Wells Thompson. He's a soccer player. Generally speaking, from four to 31 years old, so for 27 some years, I was Wells Thompson, the soccer player. There's absolutely no telling how many times others cemented this identity into my conscious and heart. And there's no telling how many times I seared this identity into my own heart. I love this identity, honestly. It got me out of trouble. It made it easy to make friends. It endeared me to a lot of people who constantly and consistently showered me with praise. It was intoxicating. Not only is this how others saw me, it was exactly how I saw myself. Come to think of it, it's how I wanted to see myself. I loved and lived to, into this false identity with all of me. But one day, oh my God, the tears are coming, man. Woo! Mm. One day I wasn't that person anymore. People stopped caring or so it seemed. I wasn't needed as much anymore. Who was I? Who am I? I don't like this. I am Wells Thompson, the athlete no more. I'm Wells Thompson, Thompson, the soccer player no more. Soccer was my security. It was my worth. My performance, la, la, la. my performance mattered to others and to me. There was no more applause, no more crowd, no more great game. With soccer, with a ball at my feet, life was easy. Er, without it, not so much. The real world sucks. And I ended there and I didn't end there for a reason. Like I, I just didn't have a chance to finish writing. Mm-hmm. And what I want to say, because it's important, is that God is doing a work in my heart and life. And he's telling me that he has more stories to write. Like he's not done writing the story. Mm. And I'm starting, which praise God, to look back on my life and career and just be thankful. Right. Because I haven't done that. And I say this often is I had a good career, Brad. And that is a mindset shift for me. That is a massive mindset shift for me. Mm. It, it isn't a baffling how you can look back on a nine-year professional career where drugs and alcohol ruined your life as a little kid. And you can go, I didn't have a good career. I sucked. Mm. Like, that's how unbelievably smart, dumb our brains are. Like our brains are, don't, I'm going to coin this term so don't steal it. Our brains are so smart because we can fly, go to Mars, right? We can do so many things. Yeah. But yeah. It's so dumb because it convinces us of things that are utterly not true. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's, that was my letter to soccer. You're the first one besides my therapist. I read it to him too. Mm. Mm. Here, man, I get, I usually weep. I re- was weeping to my therapist and I read it to the, to the group at the retreat. I was just, I was crying, man, but it was, you know, it was good. I, I feel more freedom and joy and um, like a, a a positive thing reading that and thinking about soccer than I ever have. Wells, how old are you? Is this a trick question? No, no, it's not a trick question, but I'm just curious. How, how old are you? That's like, wow. How old am I? I'm 39. 39. So so 39 and you said for 27 years you lived with this identity of wells thompson the soccer player yeah and so give or take you know probably didn't understand these things when i was five or six but no 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 but but think about it like for 27 years this identity was being invested into built up created fault for good or for bad what whatever but for 27 years, so yeah. you've got 12 years of, of maybe, I heard in there, Wells, the athlete, maybe maybe there are a few years in there as you were growing into your athleticism. So you've, you've lived with this person 
a false self, maybe a, a false sense of identity or a, a wrongly misaligned uh, identity for 27 years. And you're just now emerging out of that and, and learning to shift mindset, understand yeah. your story differently. Um, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And I'd love to just like, I used to kind of maybe uh, unconsciously blame it on everybody else. And I'm like, I, I, I don't like, I, I, I don't, I, I probably almost make like, I, the, I, th I think we're all telling a story and the greatest story we tell is when we tell ourselves. And so I think probably some of it, I've thought up this stuff about other people or made it seem that way. But I want to tell you a story which illustrates what, what God was doing through my parents in my life. Because this is totally contrary to everything I just read. Yeah. Okay. So I was 11 years old, 11 or 12, and we were in a tournament in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, it was a Thanksgiving shootout or whatever. I scored 11 of our team's 13 goals. I got the MVP hmm. and we won the tournament. My dad took me at this. is going to make me cry, man. My dad took me out of school the next day. And you know what he told me? He said, Wells. You have a gift and you can use that gift for yourself or you can use that gift for God and to love and serve other people. Hmm. The choice is yours. I hope you choose to use it to serve other people. So that message of this isn't about you, Wells, was being poured into me as a kid, right? Yeah. So like, so just, it makes me cry because I have the greatest parents in the world. They never put pressure on me. They never, ever, ever made me feel like I had to, uh, I had to perform on the field to get their love. Mm. So, like, you know, you have these two battles of like society and your parents. And I'm just so thankful for that. Cause I just wonder how screwed up I would be if, uh, mm. you know, if I had, and, and it's a sad reality that a lot of people do that. I've seen, you know, the love of kids, the love of the game be, be stripped from kids because their parents put pressure on them or they expect, expect certain things out of them. Love you, mom and dad. Mm, mm. So, so your parents there were not caught up in sort of, ah, uh, let's, let's, let's see soccer, get my son a D1 scholarship or, you know, some of these narratives that get played out today, they, they kind of had a a balanced view is what you're you're saying they kind of understood and they didn't unduly put stuff on you at that age no i mean i played every sport um they, they wanted me to play other sports they never pressured me to do anything i mean i was very self-driven i knew i was blessed with the skill to play and compete right it was very mm -hmm. evident um you know but you know just think back over my my life like odp was really big during the day and I never made it. It was just like baffling. Like I never even got, it's not like it didn't even make it. It didn't even get close. Right. Yeah. My parents were never like, oh, it's rigged. Like, you know, this political, like, which they'll tell you today it was, but they, you know, they use those things to teach me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you asked like, no, my parents didn't. I mean, my parents were fighting for my life when I was 16 years old, you know, because of drugs and alcohol, you know, getting mixed up to that as a young kid. So no. Say more. Say more about that, Wells. Like what? So your parents are giving you these good messages that they're they're encouraging you. Hey, use, use or or you have this gift. You're you're blessed. 
use it appropriately, put it in its right place. But but what happened? You you said you got mixed up in the drugs and alcohol. Yeah, you know, I, I think you always try to you know put answers to to questions and connect dots. And and sometimes I'm not sure we get it correct. So I'm still working through and processing a lot of this. I don't know why. I think I was born a little bit a rebellious kid, like, you know, like a little bit wild and crazy and um, always getting into things. And so I just, I started experimenting uh, at a young age, 11, 12 years old. And that quickly spiraled out of control, you know? So by the time did I was 16, you, did your parents know, like, or did you hide it from them? I tried. Yeah. They knew a little bit of it. I mean, you know, I, I used to say, Brad, which I'm not going to say anymore, but I used to say I was just a dumbass, Right. And mm -hmm. and I believe that our words matter. And then, so like, I wasn't a dumbass. I just was trying to figure it out, you know, as a kid mm -hmm. and um, I'm trying to show myself grace in the process. Now I made a lot of stupid mistakes, which we all make. Right. Um, by the grace of God, it didn't, you know, I didn't die or end up in jail, which was where I was headed. Um, I wasn't living at home when I was 16 years old. I was, I was done. Like my, it's interesting enough. My parents said the straw that broke the camel's back was when I said, I don't want to play soccer anymore. Mm -hmm. That's when they knew they had to intervene. Um, but I was, I wasn't living at home. Uh, I wasn't going to school. I'd stopped playing soccer. I literally wanted to be the kid that was like, he does the most drugs if you need drugs, you go to this guy. He's always the wildest dude at the party. Like I live for it, man. I don't know mm. why. Did mm. I wanted to be known as that guy, right? My my the people I looked up to were the drug dealers, and I was like, I want to be like them. And so my parent, I was living at my best friend's grandma's two story condo. She never knew I was there. She never came upstairs. Um, I just turned sixteen. My parents got a hold of me somehow, and they said, if you come home we'll take you to get your license. Right. So I was like, man, this is, I can't wait to get my license. Right. Well, I didn't put together. I wasn't going to have a car, you know, so it's a little bit of a sign of how, how off I was, but I came home. My, my brother and my sister were actually spending the night at my grandma's house on the street during a weekday, which I didn't know about. Um, my dad came in the middle of the night. He said, we love you, son. You're going to go away for a little while. <laughs> like, okay, dad. Um, I actually, I think I cussed at him. I think I was like, get the F out of my room. I'm sleeping, which shows you how off I am. Right. He leaves. Next thing I know, two big guys never seen in my life come in and they're like, you need to get up. You're coming with us. I look him dead in the eye, Brad. And I go, do you know who I am? I'm <laughs> kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> they, you know, they, uh, I fought, tried to fight him. Uh, they won, obviously they, put clothes on me, they handcuffed me behind my back. They walked me down my front stoop and they put me in the, in the back of a blacked out tent in Tahoe. I'm like yelling for my brother. I'm like, Jamar, help. I didn't know he wasn't there. He was down at the street of my grandma's house. And they, like, they drove me 12 and a half hours in the middle of the Catskill mountains of New York. Right. So I'm like this Southern boy. I think New York is all city, you know, it's just a big city and there's a lot mm. of country. Mm. That Brad, I don't know if you've been there. Um, and so I spent a year and a half. So think about this, right? Nine year pro career, but from 16 years old, 16 and a half to 18, I was in a, a, a facility against my will in upstate New York. Do you know wow. how many coaches were recruiting me? Yeah. I can't imagine anyone even knew where you were. No, no one knew where I was. And no one was recruiting from a school like that. They're like these, you got to get your life in order before you can even think about going to college. 
I learned pretty quick, you know, if I had behaved and this is where I felt God was really kind of started to knock on my heart and, and mm. to help understand that life is a little bit bigger than the next hire, next drink. And so I, I stayed minimum stay, which is pretty actually rare. Most people stayed way longer than I did, but 18 months, my parents knew my desires to play soccer. And, um, I came home and, um, I ended up shattering my collarbone in seven places as a senior in, in high school. So, Mm. not a good good thing right like you're out that's gonna have supposed to have surgery which is another god thing didn't have surgery i repeated my senior year had a couple small offers i grew up five minutes from wake forest university they were like wells will we'll bring you on as a walk-on right you know we're recruiting the best players in the country guys that captain our u.s national team since they were in diapers but we'll give you a spot on the team <laughs> Um, and when, when I was drafted fifth overall, four years later, they looked at me and they said, we thought you'd never play a day. Wow. What a difficult moment that Wells detailed as a parent myself. I don't know if I could have sent my child away, but I have been in that space where you feel helpless, where you can't do anything for that one you love. What impresses me about Wells and his story is that he's still working through it. He's taking the time even now to process and to really work on seeking becoming healthy and whole. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I hope you look forward to part three, the finale next week. This has been Wells Thompson and Rev Brad coming to you from the Touchline.